Confessions of a Closet Romantic, a podcast where I talk about my favorite romantic books, TV shows, movies, and gush in detail about why I love them so much without embarrassment or shame, mostly. This is Poppy, and in this episode, I'm calling everybody. It's time for some radical romancing. Content warning, this episode contains references to anti-fat bias, fat acceptance and activism, and brief mentions of abortion and suicide. You know, women have it rough out there, trying to love themselves and support themselves with the 24-7 critical audience always at the ready with their opinions about how we look, how we act, how we fit the female stereotype. I've been watching some TV shows written and produced by some really sharp, funny women that say, screw that. As the poet Mary Oliver said, you get just one wild, beautiful life. How do you want to spend it? Worrying about the size of your calf muscles or how glossy your hair is? The themes of these shows are all different, but they all have one thing in common. The belief that if women are ever going to identify their true desires, accomplish things that are personally meaningful to them, and contribute to this patriarchal world, we need to start by freeing ourselves from outside opinions and criticisms about our minds and our bodies. It starts by loving and accepting ourselves first. Not that it's easy. The die was cast with Adam and Eve. One's an innie, one's an Audi. The Audi acts all Audi. It kills things and builds fires and stuff while the innie gathers and communicates effectively. Oh, and makes people, literally. They both have essential skills. They need each other. I should mention that some people are born Audi, but with any parts, or the other way around, or sometimes no parts, and in a huge range of colors, and it gets complicated. Let's just say that Audi stands for they with all the power. Because like Maslow said, after air, food, and water, it's all about safety. So brute force wins most essential for human survival. And for years, we celebrate the Audi. All hail the Audi! Until somebody invents machines. Now, machines do a lot of what the Audi used to do, including killing people. Suddenly, penis power isn't so essential, so undeniable. None of this escapes the innies, and frankly, all the gathering, it's starting to get old. The innies want more. They start howling about how they want equality and about some of the really bad crap that the Audis have been getting away with for years. And yeah, a few of the very worst Audis get sent to think about their wrongs on their own personal iceberg. But the iceberg has cable and a five-star chef. What a reckoning, huh? I think that kind of so-called punishment is gonna make lasting change. What changes things is power. Who has it and how you use it. shows are also about accepting your lived experience, accepting the body you've been given, the mind you've been given, advocating for yourself, even when others don't like it or take it seriously. Hey, come here. 
Mm. I know you're sad and I hate that, but... Hey, uh, I sort of like seeing you in a, a different gear. You know? It's, um, it's really nice watching you unfurl. Jesus. Hey. What? It's like men are always obsessed with seeing you like quieter and smaller and more vulnerable. And it's like, well, if you could all get obsessed with seeing us like really fully happy and winning, then maybe we'd all do really well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that is absolutely not what I was saying. At I know all, it wasn't. I know it wasn't. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. I was being shitty. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. I've been so shitty. Sorry. Hey. hey. That was a clip from This Way Up, and we'll get back to that in just a minute. But the TV show Shrill is based on the nonfiction book Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman by Lindy West. I love the subtitle. Women are funny. It's okay to be fat. And feminists don't have to be nice. The show stars A.D. Bryant of Saturday Night Live as Annie, a blogger and aspiring journalist and really sharp woman who happens to be fat. By the way, I'm using the word fat if the characters in the TV show refer to themselves that way, because I know some people may be sensitive to that, and that might not be their first choice of descriptor. Okay, so in the beginning of Shrill, Annie deals with uh, unbelievable rejection, uninvited commentary about her body and how she presents herself in the world, on a daily, nearly hourly basis, and it's exhausting and grating to watch. Her self-esteem in the first few episodes takes hit after hit. Like her so-called boyfriend loves her between the sheets, but makes her go out the back door of his apartment because he's ashamed to be seen with her. Not only does she put up with this at first, She doesn't even think to involve him when she gets pregnant because he begs her every time to not use a condom. She puts up with it because she realizes that most men are so shallow, they wouldn't even think about going to bed with her. And she's happy to get his little crumbs of affection. I wanted you to know that I got pregnant. Oh, shit. And I had an abortion. Oh, that's good news. Ryan, don't. Don't do that. Okay. Um, I really, really thought about having a baby with you. And, and that you would have to take me out to restaurants and treat me like a normal girl. And and then I just started thinking I shouldn't have to fucking trap you into treating me like I'm a human being. And I've been letting people dismiss me or say shit to me about my body my entire life. And at this point, I just feel like, fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. And fuck you too. Yeah, I mean, wow. Um, it's probably for the best. I don't think I could deal with another kid. What? Yeah, I'm besides Nathaniel, little man. Are you telling me you have a fucking child? Yeah, he's 14. He lives with his mom and his stepdad up in Vancouver. He's a dual citizen, which is kind of cool. Are you serious? I told you about Nathaniel. No. No, you never told me that you had a child. I think I would remember that. 
I mean, this is exactly my point. Like, I don't know you. And you don't know me at all. I, I can't do this anymore. This is not working. I, I'm gonna go. Uh, wait, Annie. Are you okay about the thing? The abortion? Shrill follows how Annie's self-awareness and self-esteem grows as she gets to know what she wants herself without outside voices interfering. She goes after her professional goals at the alternative newspaper where she works as the calendar editor and starts advocating for herself and others like her. Even if her voice shakes a little. Only at first. Fake it till you make it. I could just give you a quick pitch. Didn't I literally just say email the pitches? Yes, yes. But you're going to give me a pitch? Yes. Well, I heard about this pool party, and it's all about inclusivity and celebrating word. larger bodies. And they sent it to the calendar, but I think it could be a cool story. Bodies in a pool. That's not a story, Annie. Okay, but it, it actually is about a lot more than that. It's about people feeling comfortable in their own skin. The last thing we need is everybody feeling comfortable in their own skin. That would be the 70s. My gut instinct is that it's not a good fit. Great fit for the calendar. Go crazy with that. Okay, and you should definitely trust your gut, but I also think that my last article is proof that my instincts might be good too, right? Annie, we gotta pace ourselves. Remember Gutenberg's second idea after the printing press? No. Exactly. I mean, Annie, clearly what you wrote sucks. It's terrible, it's boring. Well, you're the one who told me not to editorialize. You wrote the word she-e-o without irony or commentary. Are you dead? What do you really feel about this woman moment thing? You, Annie. I don't know. It was um, inspiring, I guess, and demented. Demented, I guess? What have you been hanging out at the Clackamas Town Center? What's with this jargon? It just, it made me think that there's a reason that men don't need to be, like, constantly told that they're powerful. It's because they're in power. Okay, and with women? And women, I mean, we were, like, screaming in huge pink letters that we're powerful just to try and convince ourselves, you know? And and all the statistics that they gave about how bad things are for women, it's like it's a thousand times worse if you're a woman who can't afford to be slathered in hundred-dollar oils. Okay, so it's a con. Yes, but there were also all these women there who were genuinely really getting something out of it. But to me, it just felt like it was about money. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Monetizing feminism, right? Yes, exactly. And women are made to feel so insecure, and then each insecurity is like a new opportunity to make more money. It's sad. Yes. And all day, all they talked about was self-care. But it's not taking care of yourself to agree that you're ugly and you need to be fixed. Okay. Okay, so what is a moment of true self-care if you strip everything away here? What's an example? Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, like, the first thing that I think of is my abortion, you know? I mean, that was care. I had to, in the moment, evaluate what I wanted and take care of myself, and then all the women that were there that took care of me. Thanks for telling me. I mean, this is totally your call, but you could, you know, put that in the article. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to. It's just the truth. Well, then go do it. Okay. 
I have to say at first watching Shrill was like, ah, and set off some of my own triggers because seeing so many fat, beautiful women on the show having fun, wearing cute clothes, not hiding their bodies, living their best lives without shame or self-consciousness, swimming, dancing, eating, you know, like regular human beings, whatever they want with no apologies, advocating for themselves, and seeing more than one fat woman at a time on the screen who isn't the butt of the joke, it was all so empowering. In Shrill, the message of body positivity isn't enough for the scriptwriters. It's full body confidence, like fully occupying your body and taking up space on this earth in whatever shape that looks like. So I went on the growth arc with the character Annie in Shrill over the course of the three seasons. At first I was like, ooh, don't you want a jacket with that strapless dress? Or, oh sure, I leave my bra on too during sex. Eventually it was like, hell no, you don't have to cover up for nobody. Katie Bryant as Annie is just the right combo of cheerful in the face of ridiculous microaggressions, but also emotional, drawing you into these scenes and seeing the funny side, especially when it counts and when it's difficult. This Way Up is another empowering TV show with the most endearing and funny main character. It's written and produced by Ashling B. and Sharon Horgan, who are masters of pathos and comedic timing. Ashling B. stars as Anya, who at the start of the show is checking out of what is euphemistically called a spa with the help of her sister Shauna. Everything you need to know about their characters and where this story is going, their basic decency and kindness, despite the challenges, microaggressions, prejudices about mental illness, and Shona's well-meaning attempts to help Anya protect her from all of that are right in this first scene. And there's your receipt. Thank you. Jesus. Um, right, so... um. Do we, do we just go, or do you do a bit of a speech, or what, what happens now? Well, we're sad to see on you go. We've loved having you here. Oh, God, yeah, I've had the time of my life, Trees. I hope to come back as often as my schedule allows. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't have a great time. No, I didn't expect it to be a great time, Trees. I'm not stupid. I just, it's a lot of uh, shown-us oh, no, money. Good, no, I, I was just saying it because I think the facilities could have been nicer, like the website shows. Yeah, I know. I mean, in fairness to Anya, when I booked her in, the website did make it look like there was a jacuzzi. Yeah. And, you know, the jacuzzi was half how I convinced her to come here in the first place. Yeah. You know, because I said, you know, at the worst, if she came, at least there'd be a jacuzzi. Yeah. And of course, you know, as it turned out, it's just a picture of... Um, Doug Pond. Doug Pond. Yeah. Which... But, like I said, this is not a spa. It's a rehab facility, so we plough our money into care and therapists. Yeah, I know, but I just don't see how a jacuzzi... Or a would, pool. Yeah, would be a bad thing for people who just needed a bit of a boost, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. Come on, show, doesn't matter. So, any other feedback before you head off? Well, why are you saying it like that? Why are you saying feedback like that? All businesses should appreciate feedback, OK? I'm in business. I love feedback. 
And yeah, I do actually. I don't take it the wrong way. Oh, just leave but it, no, show. just one second. Also on your website, you say you get all sorts of people here. But then Anya tells me that when they were having the group therapy sessions, they mainly dealt with addiction and not with nervous breakdown. Oh God, is that what I fall under? I, I thought it was mostly bees, creative type. Well, don't be sarky. I'm not being sarky. I'm being sassy. God, I'll punch you in the face in a minute. I actually have some practical feedback. Oh, good. Just as regards snacks. So I was thinking, mini bars. <laughs> I'm actually being serious, Teresa. Because one day, when I was really low, I would have happily paid double the recommended retail price to eat a Kit Kat without everyone gawping at me. And ideally in a fucking jacuzzi. I'm sorry for cursing there. That's okay. And I have to say, I'm with the ladies. For God's sake, provide a dang Kit Kat. Anya's been through a whole lot. Anya teaches English to immigrants in London, which is where her sister lives too. And she's so excellent at the job. She loves the students. She's so smart and funny and thoughtful and caring, which is her default approach to everything. So, of course, that means she's usually the person with the most sane and sensible reactions in any given situation, like when she meets a new student's father. Oh, hi, I'm Anya. Right, yeah. Richard, come on in. Oh, you're English. Uh, yeah. So? Well, I just thought you might be French. No. Right, um, no, I'm not French. Well, let me know if you change your mind. <laughs> it's actually my, um, my, well, son, I, su I suppose. Yeah, yeah, son that, who needs tutoring. All right. So you don't need help with your English then? That is what we call in the tutoring business a joke. Right, yeah. Um, he's 12. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just moved here from France. Uh, I think his English is is probably better than he, he lets on. God, he sounds shifty. Yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, he has brown hair. Then I am out of here. <laughs> Another one of your jokes? It was, yeah. Oh, and uh, his mother died recently. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Ah, it's okay. I, um, I actually didn't know her that well. Yeah, but like, you know, for Etienne. Yeah. Wow, God, that's... And so you didn't know her? No, not really. Uh, no, we used to see each other kind of, you know, once a year. And now he lives with you? I'm, uh, I'm his legal guardian. His father? Yep, yep. That too. Mm. God, there's such different consequences having sex when you've got a penis compared to a vagina, aren't there? I'd say I could have kept that one in my mouth, actually, instead of letting it come out. Wow, Anya's whole world is a tough room to work. I see This Way Up as a kind of sweeter version of Fleabag. I adore these sisters. I love how they grow in the story how they struggle to cope with the messiness of life and relationships, and how they always strive to be there for each other, always looking for the funny and for ways to be kind. Diet Land was recommended by a listener. Thanks, Carol. It's a much darker feminist comedy revenge fantasy based on a novel by the same name. 
the plot goes to some wild, sometimes violent places. Well, let's let them take us to school to set the scene. Going off why I got my feelings back and it made me remember why I wanted them gone. Don't say that, honey. No, no. What I realized was I don't hate myself. The world hates me for being like this. Every day I walk around in this skin, people look at me like I have the plague. They act like I'm a stain. They stare and laugh and yell. Worst of all, they tell me I have such a pretty face. And then they lecture me on how I can fix my body because how I am is wrong. That's not true. It is true. You can't see it because you love me. But if this is it, if this is my life, if this is my body, I'd rather be dead. Dietland is the story of Plum Kettle, another smart, fat writer who answers the desperate letters to the editor to a New York fashion and lifestyle magazine. Plum works from home because they're embarrassed to be associated with her. But she doesn't mind because she's hiding from the criticism and so-called well-meaning advice that people give her every day just by walking down the street. When the show starts, Plum is saving up for weight loss surgery. But as she dreams of reducing her body size, her writing and just her personality and intelligence just keep pushing her out to the front. She discovers she's a natural activist and unseen forces introduce her to the feminists in a secretive underground movement, quite literally in the basement of the fashion magazine, sort of hidden by being a beauty closet. Plum, how much time would you say you spent trying to better your outsides? I don't count exactly. The average woman devotes almost an hour a day to grooming. That's years in a life, not to mention the dieting and self-loathing. I know, but that's just how it is. Who says? Austin? Austin Media is part of the dissatisfaction industrial complex, a hugely profitable machine. They get us to pay them to tell us how broken we are. And then we pay for the products to fix it. But we're never fixed. Because there's always some new way we don't please the eye of our big brother beholder. I say, enough. Time to change the game. But it's not a conspiracy. It's human nature. People like pretty things. You're not a thing. You are a woman, and you should decorate yourself however it pleases you. The women down there in that beauty closet are on Plum's side, and she starts to realize how strong the societal forces against women's self-acceptance really are. So she gets mad and joins forces with a group of female guerrilla terrorists who take revenge on powerful abusers and misogynists which is, of course, how she begins to see herself as powerful and beautiful just as she is. She put you in a position to represent her to young girls, but isn't your perspective antithetical to hers? Well, it's antithetical to magazine culture. But Kitty's girls always knew that they were good enough. I think Kitty wants her girls to be happy. 
Even if they're not a size zero blonde with perfect nostrils. <laughs> you don't look like that. I don't look like that. I'm fat and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I don't look like the magazines tell me I need to look, but you know, magazines are part of the global dissatisfaction industrial complex. Huh. Is that a radical notion? No. You know what is radical? Women just accepting what they look like. This thriller dark comedy combo is kind of an odd tone for me, but somehow it kind of works. It's less warm and funny than shrill, but it's a weirdly satisfying science fiction, and it gives Plum the world we all deserve. So let's all live like Annie's roommate Fran and romance ourselves. Let's be our own best lovers. We deserve it. Hello. Hi. Oh, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> What's this gorgeous look all about? I'm taking myself out on a nice little date tonight. Ooh, romantic. <laughs> well, since I've been not dating, I have been using myself for sex, taking advantage of myself sexually a lot. Okay, so that's when all those naps are about? <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> so I thought I should at least buy myself dinner. Mm. I mean, I haven't been alone in so long, so tonight I'm just going to get to know myself, only me, no distractions. I love that for you. Hey, there's no shame in this game, no matter where you start out, as the ladies of the Bold Type TV show remind us. Wow, we're going to have to unpack You guys! I can't write this story because I've never had an orgasm before. I'm going to need a more detailed description of never... Like, never. Like, not even with yourself. Please. Correct. Like, the basic definition of the word never? Hostile. Okay, she's allowed to be hostile. She's never had an orgasm before. I'm fine, okay? It just... I feel like a fraud. We work for this magazine that's all about having the most amazing sex ever, and you guys are having the most amazing sex, and Jacqueline obviously is. I can't tell Jacqueline. I just need to figure out a way to have an orgasm. Okay, so let's make it happen. Loving the can-do spirit. I'm a problem solver. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Hey, if you know somebody who needs to hear this episode, I hope you'll share it. And also follow me on your podcast app and tell all your romance-loving friends about it. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at poppy underscore confesses. You can find links to what I've been babbling about at confessionsofaclosetromantic.com. Special hello to my listeners in Canada, India, and Australia. And I'm so happy you all are here. And until next time, wishing you all big, beautiful, confident, shame-free romance.